Welcome to the Delight in the Limelight podcast. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo. I'm here to take you on a journey to heal your fear of speaking and open your inner freedom and self-expression so that speaking is something you love to do. Before we get into today's episode, I created a speaker empowerment kit for you that includes three mental rehearsals where I guide you to feel more calm, composed, and at ease in your body when you speak, whether that's live in person, on camera, or when you introduce yourself in a circle at a networking event or a workshop. Go to empowermentkit.me and download that for free right now. Okay, on to today's episode of Delight in the Limelight. Today, we're going to be talking about how to help leaders make it safe and worth it for people to speak up and here to help me and you feel inspired and know exactly what to do is Stephen Shedletsky. It's great to to be here. Thank you, Linda. You got to keep your eyes out because uh, Shed, as you are known to your friends, has a book Mm -hmm. coming out. The Speak Up Culture, When Leaders Truly Listen, People Step Up, and it's coming out in October, and I think we should all get it. <laughs> Fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? I, I'm okay with that. Yes, Lynn. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's really fun because I, we met online. You had a post about safety at work, and I like jumped on it because I'm like, yes, we got to make it safer for people to speak up. And so I want to start with what's going on right now? What's the bad news? What are people doing that it's unintentional? And and like, as it relates to inhibiting people from speaking up? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what I've learned about leadership is leaders own their impact, whether it's intended or not. And sometimes leaders have an unintended impact, but it's still their impact. Um, And uh, the more senior one gets in an organization, uh, your whispers become a shout and your tiptoes become stomps. So, you know, first and foremost, let's get some definitions out of the way. The way I define a speak up culture is an environment in which people feel it is both safe and worth it, as you mentioned, to share ideas, share opinions, share concerns, even if they're unpopular or personal, disagree or dissent, especially with those more senior to us, and even admit mistake, believing it will lead to improvement and not being ignored and not being punished. And so there's also two, there's a virtuous cycle of, you know, safe and worth it. Um, But the virtuous cycle is encourage and reward. So encourage, you know, in our relationships with our bosses, with our colleagues, with those more senior to us, do we feel encouraged that our voice matters, is welcomed, valued, right? And encourage could be, hey, Linda, I really want to hear what you think. And then, right? remaining silent. Or if I know, so this is now platinum rule stuff rather than golden rule. So platinum rule is treating others as they wish to be treated, not treating others the way you wish to be treated. So even though I'm extroverted and and very comfortable, comfortable being put on the spot for the most part, that doesn't mean everyone is. And so it takes time for me, especially if I'm facilitating a meeting or running a meeting or, or a leader in a room, how do I flex to the style of what my people need, not just what I need? And then if people are encouraged, are they rewarded? And reward doesn't mean um, bonus, raise, promotion, you know, statue made in your honor in in the lobby of the virtual office or office. Reward means thank you. That must have been hard. 
I appreciate what you shared. I'm not quite following yet, but I think you're onto something. Can you share more? Uh, we didn't implement your idea, but here's why. Keep it coming. Great stuff. Like those are all versions of rewards. Um, so yeah, encourage and reward, and we have to do both. Yeah, yeah. So I've had clients who have shared with me how their boss will say, hey, I want to get everyone's ideas on what we might do. And then everyone's silent. Mm -hmm. And then like the new person who doesn't know what's going on, you know, shares stuff. And then they get punished with, Mm -hmm. well, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> from 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 the very leader who asked for the ideas, yeah, yes, yeah, tisk, <laughs> uh, yeah, tisk tisk. But so, do you think that there's hope for that kind of a person? Oh, for sure, Ab- absolutely. So we, you know, that leader is missing some tools, and that leader is missing a noticing the impact of their behavior. So one, I see so many leaders walk into a room and say, "Hey, everyone, I need I need your ideas. We have this issue." Um, here's what I think we should do. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you go, here's the issue. Am I missing anything with the issue? Does anyone else see it in a different way? Like, have I synthesized the issue well? Do we think we should go into breakout rooms and have a smaller conversation around the issue? Or am I, is the definition of the issue fair? Um, And then when people push, you, you can't say, no, you're wrong. That's gaslighting, right? You actually have to create as much of a holistic definition of what the problem is in the first place. And then if you ask for ideas and you get crickets, you have to ask more and ask harder and have more silence or use breakout rooms or give yourself feedback or, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, how clear am I being? And if you all say 10, I think you're lying. I want to improve. I don't want just a pat on the back, you know? So is that what you mean by give yourself feedback? You ask for feedback, like say how, or, or is it something uh, else? So that that's one. So one is, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, how clear am I being, you know? Another is, um, when I was talking about that idea about encourage and, and reward, I, I, I don't know if I was clear enough. I actually think maybe having a visual would help. Is that like, is that fair? So I'm giving my, at, at absence of others giving me feedback, I can be critical of myself. Mm. and then ask, is that fair? And then people might go, yep, or no. Like, you know, oh, tell me more, please. Like, how did you experience that, right? So that's that's more more what I mean. But yeah, I mean, the that leader who asks for ideas, waits for the most junior person or the newest hire to be like, oh, great, you know, and then they're berated, you know, that further establishes... This is a shut up culture, not a speaker. It's a sh- uh, yes, it's a shut up culture. I like that. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that that came to my mind as I was like looking through my notes for for this live stream is that a lot of times people already come into a, a work situation feeling a little inhibited, feeling maybe not really worthy or not sure if their ideas are are good enough. And is it enough? Mm. Do you think? If the environment is safe enough, is that enough? Or do you feel like, I mean, my, my feeling, I'll just put it right out there. Yeah. Um, and you, and I want to hear what your thoughts are is that sometimes hearing these kinds of rewards from the outside, the encouragement to, to speak up and having the space held for you, mm-hmm. uh, can over time allow you to feel like, oh, yes, this is safe and I will do it. 
And then there are uh, perhaps other people that as much as someone tries to lead you to the watering hole, it just, mm-hmm. you don't trust that it's going to be safe. What are your thoughts about that? And to me, then that's the time when you've got to do some of your own inner work. Yeah. So there, you're making me think of two things. And one is our is our common friend, Leanne Davey, who I believe you had on recently. Is that right? Yes, yes that's yeah. correct. So, 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 so one is, so uh, Kim Scott, the author of Radical Candor, has taught me that everything in our life's experience can be boiled down to a two-by-two two framework. So I have a two-by-two two pr- framework for speaking up. I just posted it. I think yesterday um, on LinkedIn, if anyone's interested. So the the two axes of a speak up culture is safe and worth it. So obviously we want the upper right quadrant, which is it both feels safe and it both feels worth it. Worth it means when I do take the risk, because it always is a risk to speak up to relationships, to to job, to reputation. Um, but when I do take that risk to to speak up, do I feel that it will actually lead to a positive change or impact? Um, The goal is not fearlessness. That's impossible. Um, The goal is to create less fear. In creating less fear, it feels safer that we will be encouraged and rewarded to speak up. But it's really interesting. So obviously we want high safety, high worth it. We obviously do not want low low safety and low worth it. That would be an unhappy marriage between fear and apathy. I've been there, no fun. I've seen others there, no fun. But then if you have high safety but low impact, interesting. This is, you know, you do feel safe to to speak up, but you don't really think it's going to lead to much change. Um, bureaucracy, red tape, broken systems, giving a good friend feedback on a bad habit, but not thinking that habit's going to change. That's all examples of, of high safety, low impact. And after a while, when you keep going back to that, well, you're like, it's dry. Like I feel safe to speak up. I'm just not going to anymore because it's a waste of my breath. Mm. The other, which is low safety, but high impact is really interesting. This is where the stakes are too high that certain people, courageous leaders, feel that they must speak up for the benefit of others. This is where Ed Pearson found um, himself at the Boeing 737 uh, Max factory in Renton, Washington, where he saw that the plane being built was not safe and he did not want planes to go down. At personal risk, he spoke up. Um, and you can get whistleblowing in that quadrant as well. So that's just the the dynamic. Now, I, I referenced Leanne Davies' work. Leanne wrote a brilliant article called A Different Take on Psychological Safety on her blog. And there is legitimate psychological danger. Then there is fear of aversive outcomes and then fear of oneself. So fear of aversive outcomes is I have an idea, but if I share it, I feel like people are going to ask me to prove my work. They're going to ask me to do more work. They're going to they're going to push me, and and it's not a lack of psychological safety. You might just be fearful of an aversive outcome happening. Um, the other is baggage. So by virtue of previous bosses, previous teams, previous organizations, what it was like to raise up and be you, you might be primed that you don't speak up, or if you do, you're punished. And so that's where you bring baggage or previous experience into a new job, relationship, boss, whatever. And that doesn't necessarily reflect it, but it still impacts it. Um, and there are ways to break that. It just takes consistent, consistently showing up in a way that makes people feel that it's safe and worth it to speak up. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's that's my area of expertise. I, I love helping people get to the root cause of their speaking fear and clear it away. Uh, I I feel, you know, I I feel like in many environments, it's possible to get to a place where you're not afraid, mm-hmm. but there are some environments that are not as safe. They're just not as safe. Sure. So, so I think there is always that possibility of needing or needing to have the tools available to navigate those situations that are high stakes, that are with people who are unaware, who have different kinds of intentions or different personalities. They're, they're not the readers of the speak up culture. You know, they don't, they don't, they have a different uh, worldview or, or belief about how they want to run their business or or operate as a manager. Mm-hmm. And um, but what I think that you have, you know, you have to, as you say, you have to make it not just worth it for the person to be willing to speak up, but you you're making it worth it for the leader to create the speak up culture. Oh, fun! Because right. I like it, essentially building the business case for why a speak up culture even matters. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, I mean, if you don't have a speak up culture, meaning people in your organization have ideas, concerns, disagreements, and mistakes, and they don't feel safe uh, or that it's worth it to to share them, you're at its most innocuous, missing out on opportunities. At its most detrimental it can cause the failure of the firm or even death, um, which we've seen in the case of the Boeing 737 MAX or with military or healthcare, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, the the business case for it is you literally have a more holistic view. This is the value of going to the front line and understanding what's actually happening in your business. Um, so yeah, I mean, the the... The business cases you know, and people feel comfortable sharing what they see, feel, and know to make the firm better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm so cognizant of the movement these days for diversity and building diversity on teams in order to create different perspectives. Yeah, and that does beg the question, though: Is the company or the team ready for all those different perspectives? Yeah. Yes. I mean, oftentimes, I mean, and we see this in Megan Wright's work. Megan Wright's has been very um, outspoken on employee activism, which this generation of 20, 30 somethings coming into the world of work right now, they expect their organizations to stand for something and to act in the world in a responsible manner. And so you'll have leaders say, we want to speak up culture. And then employee activist employees will, will say, great, what's our stance on gender pay gap? You know, um, what's our stance on abortion rights? Uh, what's our stance on gun control and gun reform? You know, which is like, oh, well, that's not related to work. Well, it affects how I show up to work. So if you really want the most of me, we should have these conversations here. You know, um, hey, we just laid off 7% of the workforce. Are we going to have any conversations about that? And the fact that the people who are here are grieving, you know, oh, no, no, no. Let's just move forward. That's called toxic positivity. So um, you're totally right. And just because we have um, DEI hiring practices or DEI promotionary targets or or practices doesn't mean that the people who are getting into those roles actually feel that it's safe and worth it to speak up and share their points of view. Um, You know, 
if if we if we plant a plant in its wrong soil and then don't tend to it in the right way and then it it shrivels and dies or whatever are we really surprised no like we have to put people and we have to create environments in which they can thrive Mm, yeah. And what is your take on, let's say, not meetings that are more formalized, but more casual conversations in the workplace or um, the role of HR in um, helping people succeed in the workplace? Like, what do you what do you see as needing to happen or what do you wish that mm-hmm. everybody who worked in a company knew about psychological safety? Um, That's a great question. So what what I wish everyone knew about psychological safety, which I think the biggest myth of it, is it's about being nice. It is not about being nice. Um, Having a speak-up culture of which psychological safety is a a fundamental pillar of, um, we have conversations that are kind, not nice. And kind means that we can disagree. Um, Kind means that we disagree well and that we can come at things from different perspectives and have quality discourse to get to the best possible outcome for all. Um, And I think we need more of that in society, not just in our organizations. I think if we get to a place where we can respect, understand, appreciate, and disagree, then we will make the type of progress that we need politically, um, across country, in society in general, not just in the home, not just in our organizations. So how do you suggest to people to disagree well? What does it sound like? Uh, question is great. You know, questions are the hack to, to, to curiosity. So as opposed to assuming I know, I think the most powerful thing we can do is ask questions to say, Linda, I'm not sure I understand. Can you share more? Before snapping to judgment, you know, it's good old Michael Bungay, stay near, stay curious just a little bit longer. You know, ask that one more question. Um, You know, before I dismiss you or shut you up or whatever, um, uh, you know, ask, stay silent, ask, ask a question. If you got to move on, you can say, I don't think I fully understand here. Let's take this offline and actually do um, and see if there's something more to, to learn or to take from it uh, or to get a pulse of the of of the room to see is this a conversation worth having now because it's a conversation that needs to ha- to to happen now or can it actually be taken offline and then actually do it um, and yeah I, I think the the best gateway to curiosity is genuine open-ended questions which is great because anyone can do it you can fake it just ask the right question and then zip it and see what happens, and then ask again. You know uh, what are what are the wrong questions? Uh, close close ended qu- questions. Yeah, I, I I think if you have an an open ended question, I don't think it can be wrong. I think if you're asking a question because you know you're right and you want to prove to them that you're right, that would be an example of not a not a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if someone's sharing something and you either don't agree or you're not tracking, you you can say, I'm not sure I completely understand. Um, I'm having a trouble with this point. Can you share more? I, I just had it with someone on one of my posts in, in, in the comments section. They made a, a nice comment in, in response, asked if employee incentives help with speak up culture. And I'm like, ah. I'm not sure, but like what incentives did you have in mind? Like as opposed to just saying no and shutting someone down, 
um, like, tell me more. We can even do that in the comments of a post. Um, uh, but like anytime you sort of have that like inkling of, I may not be understanding the full picture here, or even if you're sure that you do, just ask a question and say, what am I missing? What have we yet to speak about here? Um, you know, who, who, who has an idea that hasn't been shared yet? Yeah. And what is it? You know? Yeah. So yeah. not perfect, but those are a few ideas. Yeah. For those who may be listening and not watching, uh, Shed is very fond of illustrating what it looks like to just zip your mouth <laughs> <laughs> yes. and wait, because that's yeah. an uh, important part of, of the, the process, right? Yeah. Is ask the question and then, and then hold space for other people to take airtime. You know, one of the things that I'm really aware about in, in, you know, all kinds of community group situations is how some people take up a lot of airtime. Mm. To me, this is really problematic. I, I'm not one of those people. I usually, you know, I, I, I want to see airtime shared. And yeah. it, it bugs me when a lot of people take up a lot of airtime because then I feel like if there is mm. a, a set limit on the time we have, then it, it, it keeps other people out of the picture. Yep. So how do we combat that? What are some ways? Yeah, that, what are some yeah. of the ways that you do it? I mean, I know like in my my classes, I, I use a timer or, you know, I whatever. Yeah. We or when I <laughs> you know, I when I have groups, I I encourage people to be aware of sharing airtime and just leave it on the person. But what do you what do you say? Yeah. So I mean volume and quantity doesn't necessarily mean quality. <laughs> Um, and so, I mean, I, I was at a meeting last week, um, and there was one person in particular who dominated and wasn't really aware, I don't think, that they were dominating. And um, the facilitators could have done an, a, an even better job, but they did a good job of... So one of the things that I love doing, especially when I feel comfortable and know people well, is when you have someone who's more introverted or more pensive, just because they're silent doesn't mean they're not thinking. They're actually probably thinking a lot more. And so one of my favorite things to do, I'm thinking of a close friend of mine, David, I will, I, and, and we're in a meeting and it's the extroverts and the charismatic and the bubbly people that are do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And then I'll go, hey, um, we haven't heard from David yet, and I know that David has ideas here because he just does. Um, so please, everyone, just give David. I want to give David like at least three or four minutes, um, and if he doesn't fill it, fine. But David, like, what what's on your mind? So you have to like literally carve the space for people like you, Linda, or David, who just because they're listening and silent um, doesn't mean that they don't have nothing. That doesn't mean that there there's nothing for them to contribute. They probably have a lot to contribute. So I think sharing it, and then in a really nice way to say, you know, um, hey Tracy, we've heard from you a lot in this meeting. It's been great. Um, and I'm going to ask this question, and please keep it to a to a minute, just to give an, a chance for us to hear everyone's voice. Mm. That's with respect. Mm -hmm. That's with. Respect. And if you're not ready to bottom line it, then maybe go last. What do you mean bottom line it? Um, bottom line meaning uh, uh, to share what you think in a synthesized way. 
mm-hmm. um, as opposed to going, let me just think out loud and meander and I'll ask you in five minutes where I was and what the question was and then take five more minutes to maybe answer it. As opposed to going like, this is the question. Um, uh, take a note and like bottom line what you think your answer is. Um, and, and if, and if they go, well, you know, I want to take this in another direction. It's like, well, wait, we need to hear from everyone else's voices first before we go in another direction. So let's put a pin in that or maybe for next meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, I think I was saying this to Leanne Davy as well. It's kind of like we are asking ourselves to become better facilitators and that we can do that as leaders. But I mean, as leaders, who is the leader? I mean, we can all lead from where we are. Is that mm-hmm. right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's leader from front, side, middle, back. Um, yeah, my my colleague Rich Devinney, who wrote the book The Attributes, uses the term dynamic subordination or alpha swapping, which is the person who's in charge is the one. And the, the word alpha is misused. Um, alpha should mean leader, but it's 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 misused in our our society now. But dynamic subordination means that. Um, a team and an organizational chart is more like an amoeba, meaning when there's an issue or an opportunity, um, it's the person who's closest to the issue or opportunity and the person who's most qualified to step up and lead, which may not be the most senior person. You could have someone who's 25 years old, but they have the perfect knowledge and experiences to lead in that context. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 I liked what you were also saying uh, uh, in the invitation that we can always invite people. And and that could, I would say even should, be one of the, the things that the person who is in the alpha position of a meeting be cognizant mm-hmm. of. And, and tie that back to what you said earlier about inviting people thoughts, but also inviting opposition. Does anyone yes. have a really different opinion about this? What, yes. what are the other kinds of like invitations can there be? I mean, that's a great one. And then what, what comes next, you really have to be mindful of and listen. Um, because if you, if you take any dissent as you're wrong, that's the likely the last time you're going to hear dissent. That's a beautiful question of, Hey everyone, like we're about to go down this path. Um, this is kind of like speak now, um, you know, or this seems like a good time for a coffee break, not because we need one, but because we're about to make a decision that is going to be hard to go back from. So go for coffee and just chitter chatter. And if anything comes up that like we shouldn't go in this direction, we need to hear it right now. Um, you, we won't label you the problem. We won't make you solve it, but we need to solve it and we need to hear it and unearth, unearth it now. I love that. I love that. I, I don't think I've heard it stated in that way. The idea of taking a quote unquote coffee break to give time mm-hmm. and a little, you know, room. Breathing. Yeah. Breathing room to, and, and talking room, like the behind the scenes kind of talk that happens in order to see what bubbles up. Yep. That that feels like so mature. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's there's that you you can also say um let's go into breakout rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz that's where you know as you increase the size of a of a group, 
you're decreasing the likelihood that voices will be heard just by right. virtue of many minds. Right. So creating breakouts or saying, let's take a take a 30-minute coffee break, even though we don't need 30 minutes nor coffee. Um, it's a it's a strategic break to have the and, and to be uh, to be totally open with it to say we're taking a break not because we need one but we're taking a break because we need to talk about what's going on in just smaller groups mm-hmm. um, and bring that back. What do you say to leaders who feel like they know the direction they want? They don't want to hear the dissent. They want people to follow their what they have decided. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. How, how does that fit in with, with with this? Because this obviously is time-consuming. This is time-consuming. I mean, with everything in our human experience, there's context and there's a time and a place. Um, you know, if you're, a, if you're a captain of an airplane and you see something that's wrong or you see a, a place to, to, to go... Um, you're allowed. You're allowed to make a call because of. It's not the time to be like, "Huh, one of our engines failed." What does everyone think here? Like that's a time where it's okay to step up and go, um, and and you can ask your co-pilot, "What am I missing? What do you see?" You know. Um, uh, but yeah, I would say for that leader who's made up their mind, um, that's fine. Uh, and you can say, hey, all, we're in a time crunch. Um, this is what I'm thinking, and this is where I want to go. Really quick, does anyone think this is a catastrophic or bad idea? Because if it is, we need to stop right now. Um, but, you know, what is it in the in the Toyota way? Like there was a, a button on the Toyota manufacturing line that anyone could push if there was a significant safety concern. And so I think even for leaders who have who have made up their mind, this is the way, I would still invite them to have a big red button that anyone can push and be rewarded and celebrated for. Um, uh, you know, so long as you have a good reason for doing it, um, uh, even if that reason is right or wrong. Um, so yeah. So and for and for leaders who've made up their mind and don't want to hear people's um, voice ideas, you just know that you're diminishing um, a speak up culture. And there's a time and a place for that. But I would say more often than not, um, it's really good to hear from 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 your people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I noticed that there were some comments that I had um, missed while I was listening. I just want to bring them on that Carol Mahoney said, great point on is it worth it to speak up? Yes, we want to feel like it's worth it by hearing that uh, people appreciated it. Yeah, and that it's made um, a difference. Alisa Bragg said, people want to see the values of the companies we work for nowadays, as you were talking about before. It's not enough to get the paycheck. Yes, they want to know, what do you stand for? What do we stand for here? And that's going to impact how we we uh, show up. And then she also said, um, suggested, tell me more is always yeah. a back pocket phrase of... Nice. Yeah. And Lisa, and hi, hi, Lisa, nice to see you and I'll see you soon. Um, a big piece of values in the strength of a culture are not just how nicely the values look on the wall, but are they behaved? Yes. Uh, the strength of a culture is the degree to which values are behaved, especially from those who have the most influence in that culture. Right, right. Well, lots to think about here. Yeah. How to incorporate these ideas into our workplace so that 
we all feel more valued. Actually, there's one more thing I, I thought about before we close up shop here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is um, I want to talk about the reward. Okay. Because I feel like, uh, like you, you mentioned a couple mm-hmm. uh, about like, I really appreciate that you brought that up. We didn't use it. This is why, but keep it coming. Love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I also f- um, want to emphasize just as something for people to, who are listening to think about, to really be specific about what you like and appreciate about what people say. So like, I love how you're thinking about these stakeholders. It shows me that you're really dedicated to that in your work. Or um, I love how you describe this with a metaphor. It made it so much easier for me to grasp. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, um, my favorite equation and tool for feedback, both um, positive and constructive. So both appreciation language and then both um, constructive feedback is FBI, feeling behavior impact. So I can say to you, Linda, great job today. And you're like, thanks. Like, don't know what I did to deserve it. Don't know how to repeat that behavior. Or I can say, I feel totally engaged feeling um, behavior when you've obviously prepared for this and haven't just hit record and go. Um, Brilliant questions. And the impact is, I want to do the best possible job for you and your audience. Thanks. Great job. Right. So when you when you get to the specifics of here's how I feel, I'm taking ownership of my feeling. Here are the behaviors that made me feel that way, and then the impact of that, which we can use for constructive feedback as well. Which mm-hmm. you know, one liners are fine for for jokes, not so good when it comes to giving feedback. You know, right. saying to someone you're lazy, that's not going to work well. But if you FBI it, it allows you to own your experience of another and someone to own their behavior and the impact of that behavior as well. Nice. Love that. Okay. FBI and very easy to remember. Yes. Great. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I want think we need to close up here, but where can people find your book? Where can they find you yes. so that you they can continue the conversation? Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure for the time being, I'm the only Stephen Shodletsky in the entire uh, in the entire uh, species of human beings. So if you Google my name, you will find me. Um, and for all you handfuls of Shodletskys out there, please be mindful and maybe don't name someone named Stephen. Um, <laughs> you can learn more about the book, um, speakupculture.com. Uh, and my website is shedinspires.com as well. Uh, and on, uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So please feel free, just as Linda is, please feel free to um, connect. That's great. Well, I so appreciate you coming on. This is such important topic, I believe, for people to feel like the experience they have at work, which is where they spend so much of their time, is one that it feels fruitful and rewarding. Yes, likewise. And I love the compliment of our work, Linda. It's kind of like you can't have one without the other. So um, so good to be in this combo with you. Yeah, it's great. So thank you everyone for coming on and I shall see you on the next live show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for listening to Delight in the Limelight. I hope you feel a little more hopeful and excited about speaking in public. 
If you like the show, recommend it to someone you know. And if you haven't yet read the book, Delight in the Limelight, you can get it online or at your favorite bookstore or request it from your local library. Remember, speaking is our human design. Let's learn to delight in it together.